0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast. We are in the middle of the NBA second round of the 2020 playoffs in the Orlando bubble. I am your host Chevy, joined by my co host again. Heat Nation in the building. Gabe, Robbie, how are you all doing today? How you guys feeling? Actually, you know, after not completing the sweep. Eh,
1: whatever. I mean. Fine. We'll be nice. We're gracious enough to give the Bucks a pity win because Giannis got hurt. Refs suck. I won't be petty. Uh, Gabe said that I need. I need to be the better person, so I'm gonna try and be the better person today.
2: I mean, yeah, we got the series. We outplayed them. We we outplayed them the whole series, so it's like we can give them one game. It's fine, you know. We're the better team. It is clear. We we can all. It's just
1: I. I talk so much shit in anticipation of a sweep. (laughs) So, you yeah. know, like, that, that hurts my credibility. I, I, you know, I like being right. Don't y'all mm-hmm. like be right? You know, women are mostly right all the time. So,
0: uh, so they say, <laughs> so they say. <laughs> That's debatable, well, I... but
2: we'll keep it going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can see what we picked them in the, uh, podcaster challenge here i think we had him in five games no we had him in six games we had, we had the heat in six games robbie so it's yeah okay, but i don't you know? i don't want them
1: to win okay. in six games i want them to i wanted them to win in four whatever they didn't do it i spent the whole freaking game screaming finish them finish them <laughs> i don't know my neighbors probably thought like yo this chick is aiding and abetting a murder or she's really into voyeurism or something because she keeps <laughs> screaming finish them <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, <we> seconds?
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where you're so close, but yet so far when you lose like that, that game four and you're up 3-0. It's like we're so close to, to finish the series, but then now we're so far because we've got to wait, what, two extra days to really brag about it. Plus, I, I do have a side bet going on, so I will win some money. So I was disappointed, but it's all right, though, Miami. You're Gabe, still going to win the series. Well, tell, good. tell
1: everybody what went wrong. What went wrong for us? Right, yeah,
0: me, please tell us. Let me do it right, off the top. Look every
2: time a team superstar goes down the rest of the team has that emotional rally it happens every time in sports okay our best player just went down so let's rally around him let's play all out you know and that's exactly what happened this happens all the time you know so Middleton they need they need that Middleton in every game not just the one back. that just watches Giannis you know do his thing he used that to show up again in every single game but this happens all the time Giannis goes down Someone else steps up, or the whole team steps up for that matter, and you know, they, they get that emotional win, you know, and we have the letdown. But yeah, we're gonna come back. I believe we blow him out in the next game. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be ugly. So we got it in five,
0: right? Right, pending that looks like Giannis is serious enough that he may may or may not play. So, you know, no, I, I would agree with that. Like, yeah, and it, as one of, one of the hot takes, uh, you know, to come out of the, the top of the show here is that we, I wanted to ask you guys here that was off the record was. How do you feel about Chris Middleton? You you guys think he's the best player for the Milwaukee Bucks right now at this point? No. And, and, and And this is taking shots at Giannis, which we will cover in this show because, you know, I, 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 I love Giannis. I really do. I like the direction he's headed, but I got a little bit. I got beef. I will cover with Giannis here. But as of right now, based on what you saw at the end of that game and how Chris Middleton, you know, real, you know, he, he willed his way through, I should say, and, and brought his team back in and won the game. Is he mm-hmm. the best player on the Bucks right now? Well, I, I mean, let
2: me just say that he's the harder player to guard of the two, and that might sound ridiculous, but, well, Giannis, you know what you're going to do. He's running to the paint, or he's going to, you know, do whatever he can to get inside and score. Middle take a score from all over the court, so you really got to push up on him, or, you know, you can't let him drive. So I think he's the harder player to guard, but his consistency has been good this series compared to the last series. So I think he is the harder player to guard, but Giannis is still a better player, in my opinion.
0: Oh, I would agree with that. What about you, Robbie? You, you any different feels about Chris Middleton?
1: Yeah, I what mean, I, I think takes? I think he's he's a good second option when he shows up. Um, and when he's consistently performing. Uh, will the performance that he had in this last game be sustainable? I don't know. It all will fall on Bud and what he decides to do with Middleton's minutes. And, of course, if Giannis comes back on the court. Funny enough, it looks like the Bucks played so much better without Giannis. Maybe they're just better off without him for the rest of the series. But do not cover your ears. I don't want you to take that seriously. We want to win.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll get into a round of Shooter Pass here for our audience. As always, we got studs and duds this week. And we also have to send home a couple teams. So you guys know what we do here and we do best are the NBA bubble eulogies. So, sad to see you go. Okay, in Utah. That's at the bottom of the show. And then... Pretty much where you guys can find us at www.baselinetimes.com. You can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. Shout out to everybody that's listening. Also, you can find us on the Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Shout out to Donna, all our li- India listeners. Robbie, Gabe, where can, we, where can they find you guys at?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Robinhood with an H and a Y.
2: Uh, Gabe xl 84 on Twitter and uh, LLG84 on Instagram. Shoot or pass.
0: Alright, let's get into the shoot or pass here. You guys know the drill. We'll read off a statement. If we agree, we will shoot. If we disagree with the statement, we will pass. Shoot or pass. It is time for the Toronto Raptors to move on from Pasco Siakam as their first option. Robbie, shoot or pass?
1: Shoot. And I know he had 23 points and 11 rebounds in game four, and watch him ball the fuck out tonight. But he hasn't performed like a good first option consistently enough since coming back from that groin injury. His post-up game has kind of disappeared. He cannot create his own shot against elite defenders. His mid-range jumper is mediocre right now. And, you know, I still think the Raptors are contenders and have a chance to win it all. But I'd feel a lot more confident about it if we had a Pascal Siakam that was making better decisions, was not forcing things, and was a better shot selector and was actually making his shots. Shooter pass,
0: Gabe. Yeah,
2: I'm going to shoot also. I think the best player as of right now on that team has been Fred Van Vliet. He's been the most consistent. And, um, you know, Siakam, I don't know what he's going through, but I guess like uh, Robbie uh, touched on, get the growing injury and he hasn't been himself but at the same time all their bigs have been kind of eh, mediocre in, in, in the playoffs it's been like guard oriented with Lowry and uh, uh Van Vliet. is it time for them to move on from the first option permanently I don't know but as of right now it looks like it's Lee and Lowry are doing all the heavy lifting so I'll shoot on
0: that well I'm gonna go ahead and pass but I think for this reason I think the Raptors at this point I don't think they have a true first option. I mean, here's a couple things that is observing the Raptors in, in this entire bubble so far. You have Lowry and VanVleet either find the ball with a wide open three or it's a pull up three in transition that's kind of like their first option then sometimes they you know they get in the half court and they dump it down to Siakam and either Siakam's kind of hit or miss I would agree with that absolutely but I feel like just based on the way that this Raptors team is constructed there really isn't a true first option so if you go to Siakam as a first option it you know hopefully you're dumping it down to him but I actually stand Pascal Siakam because I became a fan last year Especially when he dogged the Orlando Magic and it wasn't Kawhi Leonard at, at parts and spurts of the game. I'm like, who is Pascal Siakam and why is he dogging Nikola Vucevic, right? So I, I gained respect from Siakam as last year's playoff series, you know, that playoff run and championship run eventually came about. So I will stand you, Pascal Siakam, as the number one option for right now. Um, but this Raptors team, again, the way they're constructed, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, you got Lowry throwing the ball over Taco Fall and then. <laughs> OG on a newbie Catching this You know sh- you know, Pass for a three point shot With .5 left Which we'll get to here But I mean it, Again that, that was their number one option at, at that point with that play So That's the way I see it Shooter pass The winner of the Russell Westbrook Chris Paul trade Is The Oklahoma City Thunder Gabe Shooter pass I'm gonna say pass for now Because um,
2: The Oklahoma City Thunder Just got beat by the Rockets So the verdict is still out If You know To see if which team Has actually done better With the trade but um the Chris Paul trade is it's very underrated like none of us thought that he would take up this far in the playoffs or even make the playoffs let alone so yeah it's a very underrated trade he's been better for Oklahoma City opposed to, to Russell Westbrook being better for Houston so um I'm gonna just pass for now cause I wanna see how far Houston goes I know it's a cop out but um I think um uh, you know it's, it's, it was a very underrated trade mm 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 I'm
0: sorry you <laughs> <laughs> Robbie
1: <laughs> Come on man Shoot I mean look at what Chris Paul has done For this Oklahoma City team As compared yeah, they got to what Russell the Rockets, West... They did they did But let's look at the expectations That the Rockets had coming into the season What were their expectations They weren't even expected to contend for the playoffs And they made the playoffs thanks to Chris Paul What contributions did Russell Westbrook Make to the Houston Rockets As compared yeah. to what Chris Paul has done for this team This isn't to take away from Russ. I think he's incredible in his own right. Um, But when you think of the perfect point guard, you think of court vision, Playmaking abilities for yourself and the players around you, efficiency. And I think that Chris Paul, even now, as an aging vet, embodies this more than Russell Westbrook. So, And he's a better defender than Russell Westbrook. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder wins this trade, even though they lost to the Rockets in the playoffs. And I hope that the Thunder consider keeping Chris Paul, at, at the very least to to continue mentoring the young guys on the team so that they can continue to build on the success in future seasons.
0: Yeah, I got to tag team this one with you. I'm gonna pass on this statement, only right in the present day, because I feel like we have to really evaluate what happened this season. All right, great. I get the expectations for OKC a little bit, you know, they went, they over, they pretty much overachieved, right? But both OKC and Houston went 44 and 28 in the regular season, including the seeding games. They both made the playoffs very close you know obviously a fourth and fifth seed ultimately deciding so far i think the rockets won the trade they got to win against the lakers so far you could you could take credit for that as well uh i'm gonna go with houston but robbie to your point we, we're gonna really see what happens especially with all these draft picks that oklahoma city has stolen away from houston in this trade and, and from the other trades I think that's going to be an interesting, real, real interesting take within a couple years from now. Maybe about three to five years from now, seeing what Oklahoma City does with those picks to really determine what happens out of that statement.
1: Y'all are so cute with your little cop outs.
2: <laughs> I need more. I need more of a sample size. That's just too small. It's, I need at least a, another few years if Paul even sticks around. So that's why I passed on it.
0: For now. All right. Shooter pass. The team with the most depth in the league is not the Los Angeles Clippers. Robbie, shooter pass.
1: I am going to reluctantly pass. And, you know, as much as I don't want to agree, I think the proof is in the pudding. A Clippers player has won the sixth man of the year award five out of the seven, the last seven years. And we joke about it being renamed the Lou Williams Award for a reason nowadays. Their bench was averaging an NBA best 51.5 points per game coming into the bubble. And, you know, in their playoffs, the bench's average has dropped off a bit. It's about 40 points per game up until this point. Um, But they've outscored the Mavs in their series. And so far they're outscoring the Nuggets in their series. So...
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with all what you just said. I mean, there really isn't another bench in the league that's doing what they're doing. Uh, we can look around the landscape now. Other than Miami, they do they do use that bench quite often. But I think that uh, the Clippers has the deepest bench in the league. Uh, Boston, yeah, it's just maybe a few guys that come off Cancer, Time Lord, Mr. Williams. But um, I feel like the Clippers are best suited to match any other team's uh, bench uh going forward in this postseason which is why i think they are still the favorites to win it all
0: i would agree with um the clippers being the most deepest team in the league so i'm gonna pass on this one because i even evaluate other teams to really take a look and see is there a close second with ranking you know the deepest teams in the nba right now and quite frankly i don't think so it's really hard i mean what maybe toronto we could consider a deep team i mean but I, I i don't know i had a hard time
2: yeah toronto doesn't use many guys though they only use uh exactly shooter and they don't use many guys and they're guys that do the bench, they're like you know young players and unproven so it's like you know the clippers actually have guys who can actually get you buckets on their own Absolutely.
0: I would agree. Absolutely. All right. Shooter pass. The Brooklyn Nets made a mistake in hiring Steve Nash as their new head coach. Gabe, we'll let you take this one. Steve Nash, a mistake? Pass. No mistake. You know,
2: if Kevin Durant signs off on it, that's who they hire. It's all about what KD wants. So he says, hey, get me Nash. And they had a relationship in Golden State as well. So, you know, I know there was a lot of controversy. You know, Charles Barkley said it best. You know, a lot of blackhead coaches that wore, that didn't have experience, got jobs in the league at one point without any experience. Derek Fisher, you know, to name a few. So I think it was a it was a good hire because Steve Nash, you know, he's very knowledgeable in the game. He's a point guard. He can see the floor. You know, they could, they could point to Jason Kidd, but oh, he was another guy who didn't really, you know, succeed as a point guard. But I think, you know, as long as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed off on the trade, I feel like they made the best hire. And that's all that really matters to keep those two guys happy. Nothing else matters for Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say shoot. And while I don't think that the decision was racially motivated, I think nah, I they did Jack Vaughn a little dirty here. I mean, he did a fantastic job with uh. the match in the bubble. And, <laughs> and, and what do you reward that with? A demotion <laughs> to an assistant coach position? He was He's, like an interim yeah, coach. Yeah, but, but, but he did a good job, though. He deserved a shot he got a demotion that's the reward a demotion to assistant coach where he's going to be working under a first time and unproven head coach in Steve Nash who's probably going to rely on him very heavily for game planning and player development and all that I mean Mm -hmm. listen I hope it works out I hope it works out I hope that Steve Nash can keep Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving happy because you know when those two aren't happy
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep that's the biggest question if I'm Jack Vaughn
1: I'm feeling some type of way about this
0: biggest question mark but i'm gonna pass on the statement but look this is what life is about to kind of go back to the you know the racially you know motive behind the hiring uh, but this is what life is about making connections and personal relationships are heavy in the nba uh nash and Kevin Durant, you know gave as you mentioned they had a personal relationship in golden state uh this is no different than a former player or nba gm getting a job in another city or organization and bringing along some of the same guys you know or some of the you know a ties with the coaching staff you know um, like with Orlando Magic currently right now, they brought when they hired the you know the, the president of basketball operations and the, and the GMs, it's it's a Milwaukee connection. Those guys drafted, you know, Giannis and it's the same connection. And mm-hmm. it, it happens every day in the NBA, whether or not you believe it or not. You know, it, it does. Um now if we're talking about next season, I think Nash works out fine pending, managing the personalities of Akady and Kyrie. Where I what I like about the hiring is that Nash did spend some time learning the ropes among the best in going to state and seeing that law from you, Draymond, Kyrie, KD. Uh, I'm sorry, uh Draymond and uh, KD and um you know Steph and then you now you have Kyrie and you have KD. So I think that benefits him to a point. If you guys remember when Jason Kidd retired, what happened the year after he retired? He was hired as a head coach, right? He never mm-hmm. learned the ropes. So I, that- you know, I I think I think Nash isn't is, in, is in a good good place right now.
1: So do you guys think Steve Nash can be the next Steve Kerr?
0: i I would root for it i would like
2: to see it i'm down for it i mean it's all it's all depends on the personnel you have on your team they have good personnel you got durant and Kyrie. all you really need is durant i mean he can carry a whole team you know (laughs) exactly so uh, i feel like he's in a he's in a good spot to succeed you know and to to touch on uh, chevy's point in life it's all about who you know so if you know people you hire them it's just the way it is
0: you know absolutely absolutely all right, Shooter Pass. The game with the most thrilling ending in the playoffs thus far is Game 3 of the Boston and Toronto series. Robbie, Shooter Pass on that one.
1: Oof. Mm. That's tough because there were so many games that had me on the edge of my seat these past few days. But I'm going to I'm going to agree and I'm going to say shoot for two reasons. One, The game three of the Boston-Toronto series didn't involve any meddling by the refs in the last seconds. And that's saying a lot. And two, because of the implication that came with this game. I mean, the Celtics had it in the bag. Kemba got through a double double team to find Tice for the dunk to go up two with half a second left. And we're like, oh, shit, that's it. Toronto's falling 0-3. Celtics got this. And then out of nowhere, you get a Hail Mary pass from Kyle Lowry over 27-foot taco fall, and then OG hits the three. I mean, that is a momentum-shifting shot right there. Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, Toronto won that game. They won on Saturday. They're probably going to win tonight. And listen, Toronto's taking this series.
0: Agreed, agreed. Gabe, shoot her pass on that one. I would
2: normally agree with that, but I'm going to pass and say the Miami-Milwaukee ending in Game 2. Or was it Game 3 where the referees were just botching everything up? Game 2. Uh, uh, okay, so it was Game 2, okay. But, uh, yeah, that was more thrilling because, uh, you, well, technically there's no home court advantage. But if there was, you would have won two in Milwaukee. That's that's huge, you know. But um, I think that was more thrilling because of the way it ended. Like, both of those last-second calls, you don't, you don't do that. You don't make those calls. I don't believe any calls or fouls to begin with. Like Giannis barely touched Butler. The ball was already released. And then right. the Warren Dragic thing, he was standing straight up, and Milton just fell into him. So, and, you know, he was, he was like, leaning into, into Dragic. So I feel like those calls should have been made, but the right team won. So I have no complaints about it. But, uh, you know, that, that was pretty big in game three. They won the next game. So it was just a big time call and it was something uh, in my uh, opinion
0: yeah I want to go ahead and shoot on this one just because we do have close ties to Toronto right now rooting for them to go at least to the the NBA Finals for the sake of their NBA uh, Podcaster Bracket Challenge so if you guys haven't checked that out the scoreboard is updated it is a three way tie right Robbie so far uh, mm-hmm. for number one but nonetheless that's what's on my mind when I'm watching this series so when OG hit that shot um, you know that was exciting that was we were playing for something you know they were playing for us for (laughs) us to win to win this bracket challenge uh likewise miami's playing for you know a little bit of cheddar so you know but you know in all seriousness no i I think that that has to be the most that that's that's what we love about this game we love those game winning shots i remember when uh luca hit the game winning shot you know in round one versus the clippers like i mean i just jumped up and and it was excited that sports is great you know this is the best part about sports right here when we when these things happen and uh Shout out to Nick Nurse, man! Again, I you know, beautifully drawn. I, look, Billy Donovan, if you you're still employed with OKC, you, you might want to take some notes because that <laughs> is how you draw an end of the gameplay there.
1: Yeah. Also, you know, we got to give some some shout out to the the heartbreaking end to the Utah Denver Game Seven game. Oh my goodness! That yes, was, that was aw- yeah. it was it was heartbreaking. But we'll. But we'll
0: I rather it. see it that way.
1: Yeah. Somebody, yeah.
2: So <laughs> it'll just happen to be the Utah Jazz. So oh yeah, definitely heartbreak.
0: All right, shoot or pass. System failure is to blame more than individual player performance for the Milwaukee Bucks struggles.
2: I will shoot on that. I agree. I feel like Giannis <sighs> i don't want to dog him i don't want to dog him but i feel like the system is built around him and he's very limited in his skill set although he's good at what he does i just feel like it's just him and then a bunch of shooters who are kind of i don't want to say below average other than middleton they're kind of average so it's like maybe they need to tweak the system and maybe run more plays through middleton and uh have Giannis. I, I don't, he's not a pippin he's not a pippin but Middleton's the better shooter so run plays through him and then Giannis can attack the basket and you know, back doors and, you know, all this other stuff around the perimeter or whatever. But, um, yeah, I do blame the system. And then, you know, Budenholzer, he has a history of not making adjustments in playoffs. So yeah. if you got to put it on someone, you got to put it on the system because it's his system. And, you know, he says whatever got him there to the dance should work the rest of the way, but that's not how you play in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with Gabe here and, and say, shoot. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not a head coach. I'm not a pro but I think that if you're a head coach in the playoffs, your job is to set up your team for success by having the right players in the right positions at the right time. And Bud's refusal to adjust to the flow of a game screws his play- his, his players over. Uh, I mean, he was taking Giannis out just as he was starting to get something going offensively. And then he was refusing to play him in Middleton more than what, 35, 36 minutes respectively. Yeah. And then relying on that Bledsoe ISO, which we know is not gonna cut it for the win. I mean, obviously with Giannis out, he's forced to change his game plan. I mean, we saw Middleton play like forty minutes last night. Uh will that carry over throughout the rest of the season? And well, will that be to- enough for the reverse sweep? No. But, you know, hopefully for the sake of his job, he learns from his past mistakes because he's hurting he's hurting the team.
0: Absolutely. Um I you know, on this one here, I hear what you guys are saying Camille. Really I I would agree I'm gonna for, but for this question, I'm going to pass and put this one on Giannis. But before we talk with the minutes, the thing about the minutes is that I'm looking at, you know, collectively of a lot of how the other superstars are playing. And they're kind of fitting between that 35 to 40 minute window, of, uh, you know, of, of gameplay. Unless there's overtime or there's a need to... I, I really haven't seen a lot of guys play like 48 minutes. So, you know, it, it's almost like, okay, but it's not that bad because Giannis looks like he's averaging anywhere between like 35, 36 minutes in this series so far. You know, I know he played like about 11, 11 minutes before going out with the injury um, in game four. But I'm going to pass on this one, and I think it has to fall on Giannis for this technical term of, of system failure. I think there, at some point there is... Like individual player performance in regards to the player himself, Giannis. I personally expected him this year to take a giant leap, Um, (laughs) pun intended, because I wanted Giannis to come in. Wow, Chevy's
1: got jokes. (laughs)
0: Look, (laughs) I wanted Giannis to come in this year, and I wanted, (laughs) yes, dad joke. There we go. I wanted Giannis to come in, and I wanted him to just, I wanted to see the jump shot. I wanted him to take the double team, and I think he's had a good the good patience to pass the ball and he's he's found like guys like george hill in transition uh you know his shooters like a west matthews and that's great like i think it's great so far but to really see his game still be like a one-dimensional and the miami heat defense which by the way shout out to the heat's defense Great transition defense. Uh, people forgot him. A lot of people that didn't watch NBA basketball are very clueless right now. They don't know what's going on. But this in, in the NBA, guys, come on. I mean, this is the best of the best. Like, if an NBA team can wall up against you and and, and basically beat you and, and in a seven-game series, like, that's an issue. As And this is the the NBA's MVP and defensive player of the year in one season. That is a problem. Yeah. So I think it starts with Giannis. That's the take. I'm saying I'm going right now. Um... You know, I saw a little bit of him learning how to find his teammates in transition, make the pass. But again, I think he has to be that guy. And he's a guy that doesn't like to work out with other players. And I respect it. But I mean, at the same time, it's like this offseason, Giannis, he's got to get in there. He's got to be able to have a better off-season. He's got to come out next season a completely different player. Because he looks like the same player from last year. Guys, remember this. In last year's playoffs, the Toronto Raptors are coming up a seven-game series with a few clunks from Kawhi putting out the 76ers right mm-hmm. the milwaukee bucks get out and they win 2-0 the first two games milwaukee in game two just tremendously you know defensively they were, they were tremendous it looked like milwaukee was headed to the nba finals but what happened it was a complete major meltdown so again this is my beef with giannis on this question here so definitely putting you know passing I, we'll talk about bud here in a second though shoot or pass it is time we put some respect on the houston rockets defense I'm going to shoot, but let me have a
2: small admission. I didn't know they played defense, to be honest. <laughs> I've been watching that. I, I just know they outscore people, but they've actually played defense. So it's it's actually surprising to me to see it. But, um, yeah, let's put some respect on their name. You know, they're, they're actually, uh, for once, not focused on one side of the ball. And um, they're actually getting the job done. I mean, the series is tied with the Lakers. That's all good and dandy. But, you know, the Lakers have caught up to your speed now. So let's see you do it again in the third game. Let's see how the defense shows up now, you know. So, yeah, no, no doubt.
1: Oh, shoot. We, we should definitely put some respect on, on the Houston Rockets defense's name. It, it was on display versus the Thunder, particularly early on. Thunder players were stifled and they were playing like they were scared to shoot. I mean, we saw game seven. James, The Thunder were playing basketball And James Harden was playing fucking dodgeball out there He deflected Dort's three Um, and, And they've had some success Against the Lakers Eric Gordon has stepped up You see P.J. Tucker who's like six inches shorter Than like the four guys around him Fighting for those offensive boards and putbacks And even though he lost them The game last night Russ still had it on the defensive end He had 13 rebounds And LeBron said it himself Their size and athleticism allows them to cover a lot of ground on the floor. They're like raging little toddlers running up and down the court. (laughs) They're like a bunch of little Collins, except, you know, obviously off the court, they're freaking giants compared to us. I'm going to pass
0: on this one, but here's the thing. Here's what I'll give the Rockets credit. So far in in the bubble, their defense is number one in in efficiency in the playoffs. So they allow only 101.4 points. Allowed per hundred possession, uh, per hundred possessions, uh, they were ranked seventh um during the eight seeding games. So they only allowed one hundred and nine point one points um, per hundred possessions. But I think, like you self gave, I, I, I didn't get the feel of it. I felt like if you had some stifling defense, at least you probably would have wrapped up OKC in probably six, six games, maybe five games or less. True. Um I I don't I don't think like the defense itself is anything such as like a Miami defense it hasn't been that incredible for me to say I'm going to put some respect on it just yet I think for me to do that I would have to see a game seven force against a Laker team here and these Lakers are going to have to be held at least a mark of you know maybe 105 points per game or less in each of the following you know next few games in this series so then maybe I'll put some respect on Houston's defense at that point
1: Spoken like a true Laker bandwagoner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, Chevy. I'll make it up to you in a second.
0: Let's go ahead and get into some NBA bubble eulogies. Unfortunately, we lost two teams last week. Since the last time we've been with you guys,
2: Okay, Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz had championship aspirations. Without Bojan, they were flying under the radar with their game plan. Thanks to Rudy Gobert's ignorance regarding COVID-19, the league shut down before the playoffs ever began. A valiant performance by Spider was doomed by an eight-second violation to start. We were all witnesses to an incredible duel between him and Jamal Murray, second to none. Following 19 points, and 37 point blowouts against a pitiful Nuggets defense. It was hard to believe the Jazz would not advance once they were up three to one. Mike Conley returned with some offensive firepower after having a baby. Jordan Clarkson provided he could be the next quintessential six-man kind of fella. Unfortunately, a crazy sequence of events led to the Jazz's final shot in Game Seven going in and out. It was heartbreaking to watch their season end with number forty-five looking like the star of a tra- tragic tragic.
1: Telenovela. Sorry, here comes OKC. It was an emotional roller coaster for the Oklahoma City Thunder, ignited by the exchange of Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. While many predicted he would be the team's 10th king commander, the Thunder found themselves back in the playoffs because the point god can still ball. An unsuspecting Houston defense suffocated their shooters. After an 0-2 start, it was clear they would need some more support. Brody was about to come back, Harden needed to be contained. It seemed like all of their prayers were answered with a man named Lugan Stewart. Fast forward to Game 7, where SGA hits a 23-footer for the lead late in the fourth. Will this be the year? Is it time to prepare the Rockets' casket? The answer would be no to both questions after the last couple of seconds in the game. Can someone please tell us why the fuck didn't Steven Adams just cut to the basket?
2: He was scared. (laughs) That's weird. Too much pressure. He was kind of useless in this series. He was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Studs and.
0: All right, you guys know what time it is. It is time for us to announce our studs and duds here so far in the second round of the NBA playoffs. First, we'll announce our studs here. Robbie, we'll we'll let you go first here. Who's your stud so far of the second round?
1: Hey, Chevy, remember when a couple of seconds I said I was going to make it up to you? You're not going to believe it. Okay. But my stud is a Laker. (laughs) Okay. My stud... Yeah, yeah, my stud is a Laker, I was Gabe. Over. I, I already, you know, oh, I already used my heat chip. So, you know, I, I got to spread the love around. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I'd pick a heat every freaking time. But my stud this week, Playoff Rondo. Whoa. Wow. Playoff Rondo has arrived, y'all. I, I don't know how good. long he will be present for. So if he mysteriously disappears in the next few games, don't, don't come for you. me don't come for me. But (laughs) I did think it was a bit dramatic to come for him in game one after, you know, he was, it was his first game back after surgery on his right thumb. And it was his first time playing in this new environment. That is the NBA bubble. Um, No one must have been happier than LeBron because there was someone else on the floor handling some of that playmaking load for the Lakers. He was setting screens. He was active on defense. He was communicating on both ends of the floor. He hit some shots, including that jumper that helped seal the win last night. He only scored 10 points, but he had nine assists, five steals, and was plus 28 in 28 minutes. There's no doubt that the Lakers would be 0-2 without him in this game.
0: Nice. Wow. Let's go, baby. Play up. Yeah, I I, I appreciate you, Rondo. Do you Thanks appreciate
1: me, too, for picking a Laker? I appreciate you. Yeah, of okay. course. Always, Thank you know, you. Okay. as a co-host. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Just making yeah, sure. As, as
0: one, one of the greatest Heat mm-hmm. fans on this yeah. earth.
1: Uh, wow. Keep going. Whoa. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor. <laughs> Game is
0: number one, though.
1: Go on, uh, I've been living longer. <laughs> that's probably why. But I'm
2: just saying, you know.
1: Robbie uh. has left the chat. <laughs>
2: My stud, even though they're down three to one, it has to be Chris Middleton. I mean, he is the one buck who can actually create his own shot and who's big, consistent in the second round, not in the first round, in the second round. Without him, this series is over. It's 3 0, and we're going back to the fourth game, and it's a sweep. So I'm going to give it to Chris Middleton. He's the one guy who can just get a shot all over the court. Jimmy Butler can't lock him down. No one can really lock him down. It's just that elusive. That good of a shooter. So uh, I'm going to have to give it to Chris Middleton. Okay, Shane. I out can't to Chris believe you going to the love. heat
1: like that and pick up It's buck. not a
2: betrayal. you got to call the facts like you see it. You without, him, without him, we're up
0: 3
2: 0. I mean, he's <laughs> so mature, guys. Without
1: him.
0: Well, I mean, I'm actually going go, uh, go to go. I'm going to go the Miami Heat way this, this time around with my stud. I'm going to just basically give it to a team achievement here for the Miami Heat because Ooh. I think that at this point we, we we can't we can't ignore the fact that the number one seed probably about to go down we can't ignore the fact that people have completely looked over one of the best defensive teams in the NBA best transition defense in my opinion in the NBA and they're one of the teams that lock in defensively towards you know the I would say from like the nine minute mark all the way to the end of the game I think the Heat play the most consistent defense so far what I've seen out of this playoffs. Um, you know, they get a little shaky here and there. Uh, obviously, you know, the whole, you know, injury with with uh, Giannis, you know, they're kind of emotional, you know, like, all right, we got to do this. without Giannis. Yeah, whatever. But the Miami Heat, to me, are the studs so far in the second round, hands down. I mean, I don't, you know, it's not what something we expected for the Bucks to go down, but 0-3 and then, you know, win, win one game there towards the end, barely win that one. Um, but Miami's kept their composure this entire time, so they're definitely my studs this week here. I just couldn't give it to one guy. I feel like every, everybody gave Dragic part of the the, um, the, the mission here. Uh, Jimmy Butler had an excellent game one. Uh, you know, he followed up that what, what, ten points game two, but what was it two huge free throws right mm-hmm. in game two? I, I believe it was, or mm-hmm. it was it twelve points? Oh, I can't so remember exactly. Good. But I mean, you know, be, beyond the point, I mean, my, the Miami Heat like they're, they're the studs of the second round so far. I, I don't think I can give anybody else. My guy. let's discuss some duds here, Gabe. How about how about your dud of the week? I think we can all agree on this.
2: I'm gonna give it to a coach. So we know where I'm going with this. Oh, <laughs> Mike Budenholzer, bro, dude. <laughs> like you had the Hawks, you did the same thing with the Hawks. Now you with the Bucks and deja vu, He's dude. Ruining careers, dude. <laughs> Look <laughs> at the game plan. Adjust. Make adjustments. Do something different. Every coach in the NBA makes adjustments after a loss, which is why you see. The second game or the third game, the other team usually wins, and you know, it's usually a hard-fought defensive battle. We just haven't seen that with Buddhaholzer's teams. It just it just seems that he has one level and that's it. Nothing else matters. This is my way. We're doing it this way and we're gonna win it this way. Unfortunately, you can't win like that as a coach. And you know, like I said, it is I don't want to say it's ruining careers, but it's, it's it's you know, it's it's certainly there because the guys are doing exactly what it says. Like for for, for instance. When they asked honest, I guess after game two or game one, whatever it was, that, oh, why didn't you got Jimmy Butler? Oh, I'll do whatever my coach says. You know, well, maybe the coach would be like, hey, you take Jimmy Butler. You know, that's on the coach to say, like, okay, defensive player of the year, you got the best player. You know, take a game and let the other guys beat you. But he doesn't make those adjustments, so he's definitely the dud of the playoffs so far.
1: Do you guys Uh, think that there is maybe, like, something going on behind the scenes with the Bucs that we don't know about? Because I just... I don't know. It's so hard for me to see Budenholzer just refuse to make adjustments like this. Like maybe Giannis oh, is like, yo, I'm hurt. I don't want to play all these minutes, or I don't know. Is there some sort of right, controversy? Right. Some some sort of it conspiracy going on that we don't know about. It
0: could be and, and, and yeah. it makes you wonder because I'm gonna piggyback off of Gabe's dud there. That is exactly my dud and I basically had to say the same exact thing. Uh, I mean, basically, yes, this is exactly the dud of the week. Mike Budenholzer, you're down in the playoffs as a number one seed. Yet again, after leading an Eastern Conference team to a number one record in the NBA, and then on top of that, you have Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, basically. It's going to be an awkward MVP um, you know, announcement, by the way, when they present him the trophy. <laughs> That's going to be so but awkward. It's like the way when Dirk won it and they got beat by the Warriors that yes. year. Yeah, so I saw it on Twitter. Someone did mention that. But, but I mean, guys, come on. Again, like, this is something that, you know, like, this, Rob, you just kind of echoed it was it makes you wonder, like, what? Who in their right mind? This is professional basketball. Like, who in their right mind wouldn't make the adjustments? What What is it that is going on? It just doesn't seem reasonable at all. So, like, and I get that, like, you know, obviously in the regular season you had Giannis and I gave I think you alluded to this earlier. Giannis would play 30 minutes a game and that's it. He does all he had to really do. And the Bucks won by like 20 points a game against an inferior team, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's great. This is the playoffs. Make those adjustments. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Budenholzer on the hot seat after this, I would say so. And I think that we are one of the guys that Budenholzer makes me appreciate a lot right now is Nick Nurse. Um, but I actually do like the coaching in that series so far. Like Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse. I actually kinda keep my eyes on them uh, on the sidelines sometimes because yeah. they're they, they meet each other at half court sometimes and they're they're just <laughs> they're just so passionate about the job, man. I so and you know Nick Nurse you, i was always get a reaction to him every game which is great, which is mm-hmm. uh gif-worthy. But you know, I, I think guys like Mike Gutenholzer makes it that much more Appreciative of guys like Nick Nurse. And then also Eric Spolster, too. Like, that's what hands-on one I was going to say, oh, don't you forget, right Bo. Yeah. That, that, that was one of the longest team of coaches right right now. Right mm-hmm. now. Yep. 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 Absolutely, absolutely. But that's my dud there. Robbie, who's your dud?
1: I'm going to take it in a different direction. I totally agree with y'all. But I think that there has been a dud that has been surging since the beginning of seeding games. Okay. And now in the playoffs. Like, He's Uh-oh. been the elephant in many rooms on many TV screens. Uh
0: oh. And I'm
1: and frankly, I'm tired of the <laughs> bullshit.
0: I know who it is.
1: <laughs> what the fuck is the point of Steve Jabby? Oh, what is the oh, point of Steve Jabby? Get, I mean. Get
2: him, Doris. Get him, Doris.
1: Robbie Burke. All right. he does. All he, guys, all he does is double down on whatever the refs call, and if he isn't unsure, he just sits there, spews whatever bullshit comes to his head till the refs make their decision, and then he'll be like, oh, what's the call? Flagrant foul for a love tap on the butt cheek? Yep. Definitely some excessive contact What a <laughs> great call by the refs And wow. then whenever he gets called by commentators Like Doris He just gives them the run around He had me pulling my hair out That one uh-huh. night we had those two games That ended on controversial okay. calls The Miami-Milwaukee game and then the OKC-Houston game Like dude Don't insult my intelligence Steve Javi You fucking jabroni <laughs> 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 well, Who did you think if I was going to pick Javi?
0: I don't know. For a second, it was going like the Westbrook route, but then I was like, nah, oh, I got it wrong. Could but, I was gonna save too. that. Oh I was gonna God. save
1: that for like a potential Game Seven where he just like completely True. falls apart. God, he's so also,
0: right. So, yeah, you know, he's right. on Dud yeah. watch. He's on Dud watch. I, yeah, I, lo- I love Russ. You know, I and I love Giannis too, man. Not to you know go too crazy on top. So tell fun, me, you man.
1: love Steve Javi because I will really like disconnect
0: yeah, from this. I, let's let's get back to this really quick because with Steve Javi, I felt the same way. It's like Steve, like. I got the replay like five different angles already. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, what are you I'm watching? Not, like, Steve, I, there's five different angles already. They've shown me within 45 seconds, and uh, yo, know, Jeff Van Gundy's already told me a good opinion already, and I agree with him. And then you're, he doubles down. and Then he does double down the ref too on top. It's a, that's a great take, Robbie. That's a great dud.
1: Thank you. And hey. by the way,
0: is, my next question is: Is he through? Is he is he con and it says contracted? Through uh, the NBA to appear mm-hmm. on the ESPN, or is this? Did he did he get hired by ESPN? Because Sabal, you know he's retired.
1: His role or is he... like a game, a referee, an analyst on ESPN or something. He pretty yeah. I don't fucking know, yeah. you know, but
0: you know.
1: like even if even even if like, you know you see in the NFL they bring in Mike Pereira right they make and he'll sometimes disagree with the refs on the field. Like yeah. this guy never never. I don't think I've ever seen him ever disagree with the refs.
2: He doesn't. He's not objective at all. Like, dude, it's okay to disagree. You don't have to protect your refs at all times. Like, we need a difference of opinion sometimes. Like, yeah. everything is, oh, no, no, they're right.
0: They're right. That's why. I'm Steve Jaffe. Well,
1: hey, come on, well, guys. What was that? What was that? <laughs> I don't
2: even know. It's a
0: terrible impression. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I, I think I think he's employed. He's definitely employed by, by Disney and ESPN because he's a uh, – He's collecting, he's collecting the checks. Let's just call it like it is. He's on NBA on ESPN. Rules, analyst. So ESPN, uh, you got to go with something else, dog. That that, <laughs> that, that ain't working.
2: <laughs> well, it'd, be, it'd be better if they actually hired Joey Crawford. Everybody hates that guy. But I would love to see what he has to say. Because he's probably one of the most hated refs in, uh, in NBA history.
1: Now you know what we need we need to have those refs mic'd up when they're reviewing those plays and hear what their thought process is like because dude some of these calls have just been an abomination of the game
0: (laughs) it's it's been really and i'm not even being dramatic
1: i know i'm dramatic a lot but but like i'm not even being dramatic right now
0: but but, i mean how do you have but do you have two back-to-back games in a row where the you know the whole jimmy butler ordeal and then you have the okc ordeal and it's like yo how do you like two back-to-back games in a row and then what happens next day on NBA, by the way the conspiracy is the next day on nba twitter everybody started taking shots at each other you know you got richard jefferson and scotty pippen talking <laughs> junk. you got lebron and you Jay know, uh, yeah and it's just like bro like did the refs suck last night are we gonna talk about that that's my conspiracy theory what the nba did but and then there was there any kind of like report about end of game report that came out or they're not doing that for the bubble because uh, obviously no, they are they Absolutely. are
1: I, don't see I think just that
0: it I, wasn't to me apparent, you know, in the headlines.
1: I I didn't see one for that Miami Milwaukee game that ended up all crazy, but I believe that the 2-minute report for the OKC Houston game 7 said that they didn't they said all their calls are fine or something like that. I we'd have to check, but Either way, like it's we we shouldn't have to wait for two-minute reports to come out the next day for them to acknowledge their mistakes. Like, get it fucking right on the court. There's like four of you. Preach. Figure it out.
2: Yeah, you got replay. Do it. I mean, what the hell? You see what we're seeing, and just call it like you see it. Don't be biased and bullshit. You know.
1: And and here's the thing: if if there's a f- if there's a foul on on the floor, right, that's called, and mm. and you're looking at these replays and you're seeing that there's another foul that is blatantly obvious, like the one with Jimmy Butler yeah. yesterday, check that one out and call it. What the fuck? <laughs> like, like,
2: we, they, we, like
1: they... They, they weren't even reviewing that call. They were reviewing something else, but we had to see like 28 replays of, of the fucking foul that should have been called.
2: I get what you're saying. I feel like what they do is, if they make the call on the floor, they can only review that call. They can never go back and be like, oh, there was this, was this before that happened. Yeah, I wish they would do that way, do it that way. That way, you know, it's like, okay, boom, they got it right. But they can only like review the calls that they've called on the floor, which is kind of dumb. Like, if they did it the way I'm describing, oh, this happened before that call. Let's call that one instead. That'd be great. I mean, I- I'm all for it.
0: All right, that wraps up our episode today. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys can find us. At www.baselinetimes.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Baseline Times. You can find us on Facebook as well, under Baseline Times there in the search box. Also, you can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. Gabe, Robbie, tell them where they can find you guys one more time.
2: GabeXL and lg 84
0: Instagram.
1: At Robinhood with an H and a Y on Instagram and Twitter.
0: And also, guys, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all there. Shout out to our India listeners. You can find us on Ghana, that app as well. Yay, Robbie. has been a pleasure again. Any shout outs for today's episode?
1: Yeah, I got one. Uh, the Godfather, Pat Riley, shout out to him. Last week celebrated 25 years with the Miami Heat. He's a man wow. who has built and dismantled and rebuilt so many great Heat teams. He's mm-hmm. scouted and developed great staff and great players. He has been the man behind this culture that is synonymous with the team. And he's about to win us another championship. So, what more can I say? Shout out to the Godfather. I bow wow. to you, King. <laughs> Adopt I, really don't
2: have, I don't have a shout out this week Because really nothing's been going on But the NBA playoffs So that's unfortunate I'm sorry my <laughs> yeah. But I really do to, to shout well, out tag this. team Tag team My Pat Ryan
1: but
2: Shout out hey, hey, you know Let's just the Miami Heat <laughs> I'm going to shout out to the Miami Heat They, they were 7-0 and at one point Just steamrolling teams In the playoffs And you know They finally got some uh, Adversity But uh, you know They'll bounce back And take the series And you know We'll see what they do In the next round Hey, let me ask you a question, Robbie. Uh, who do you prefer to face in the next round? Because this series is a wrap. Who do you prefer to face, you know, between the Raptors and the Celtics? I prefer the Raptors. What do you prefer?
1: Really? I'm more scared yeah. of the Celtics than I am of the Raptors.
2: Well, which, that's why I prefer the Raptors. I don't want to play the Celtics.
1: Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm already think I'm thinking ahead to like myself playing by the pool tanning. You're right. I'd rather take yeah. on the rafters than the Celtics.
0: Exactly. Boom. <laughs> Listen, my in days
1: a as a bronze goddess in Connecticut are numbered. Okay. Leave me alone. Let me daydream while we record. Oh,
0: <laughs> um I actually had a couple of shout outs. The first, I actually wanted to shout out to Mike Malone, who you know, I didn't know that, you know, players, or sorry, coaches couldn't bring in family, at least one family member. That's kind of weird. I just want to shout out, you know, to him for using his platform to speak out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird opinions online about, you know, he should be all right without his family because, you know, other comparable reasons for like military members leaving. But either way, I mean, do that long without being with your family for whatever reason, no matter, no matter where you're going, what kind of. You know, environment you're in can can be a little bit, you know, a little bit of of, of a hard time mentally. So shout out to Mike Malone for making those comments. And then uh, shout out to the NFL. It's coming back. So I just want to shout out. Uh 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 I'm super excited. Thursday night, we got football coverage on baseline times coming up. And also, guys, we will be we'll be making weekly picks. So tell tell the audience, you know, we're not just we're not just, you know, NBA specialist here we're gonna make we're gonna show the world that we can make picks and be accurate because we know our football shit too so yes, check out you know baseline times.com coming up you know we'll be able to show you guys our picks weekly there and um follow us on twitter as well we'll, we'll out some graphics of our picks weekly and see how we do and kind of, i w- want to make it a point to track ourselves this year, year so i can uh brag to you guys when have a good record again this season. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've partnered up with Tally Sight. So Adam Schefter, Stephen A, everybody over at the ringer and, and all these big networks. Yep. We're coming for that ass.